A ricochet biscuit is the kind of a biscuit that's supposed to bounce back off the wall into your mouth. If it don't bounce back, <laughs> you go hungry. Ball, ball, ball. I made Lucky Charms, but there's no one here to pat me on the back. Sucks. They don't have to have it with milk, right? Right? And welcome to Earbuds and Earworms. I'm Amy Can't Pass Up a Puff Pastry Shepherd, and this is... Mitchell Manley, obsessed with Claire Saffitz. <laughs> you obsessed with Claire Saffitz? I couldn't tell at all. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it happened very quickly. You shared the uh, It's Alive with Brad Leone. From Monday. It yeah, was from Monday. The YouTube channel called Bon Appetit, uh, yep. which is like a cooking magazine. This is their YouTube channel. <laughs> which has nothing to do with the show, generally. Right. And their show, uh, <laughs> or their channel, rather, is just uh, their test kitchen there at the Bon Appetit. <laughs> and some characters work there. And they mm-hmm. all have their own little individual shows. And they show up in each other's shows. And it's just a very good and wholesome YouTube channel. And you posted Brad, <laughs> the Brad thing last Monday. Yes. And then over the course of a week, I've immersed myself deeply into this <laughs> channel it's amazing it was because i was trying to do the egg yolks because it's like one of the yeah. few times that i've looked at like a brad recipe and thought oh this is something i can pull off even sure. without a dehydrator and you um, just put egg yolks in salt salt and sugar and spices and i was like this looks like something i can like try mm-hmm. and maybe make a fermentation station sure which they're still drying so i got you so some, you haven't gotten into them just yet well i've excavated them you've excavated them as, <laughs> as brad excav- says yeah i've excavated them and now they are drying in cheesecloth so that i can you know, like you know shred them over right, salad right. or something give them a little pa 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 give your pasta a little zhuzh <laughs> yes bingo bango <laughs> yes and um so have you been enjoying the speaking of brad Leone? oh i love it and the <laughs> editing on all, all his videos is hilarious and then of course the claire's gourmet makes which you're wearing a gourmet makes t-shirt right now to make you jealous yeah i love it with claire's signature like gray streak in her black hair i mm-hmm. love it and so uh isn't it just like so like heartwarming definitely i yeah. love it um so of course then kind of like we were trying to figure out what to yeah do. and food was the uh, immediate <laughs> obvious thing in my mind because i'd been pouring down these videos because you've been like binging <clears throat> on, yeah definitely uh, which i you know everybody should do because they're they are a delight what did you bring this week? i'm gonna start us off with ariel pink and his song jello 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 the strip mall strip mall is calling can you hear the people wearing walmart clothes into church steeples mom and dad are normal everyone needs white bread that's why they're all dead That's why I eat jello. It's good for the stomach. Yeah. 
So Aerial Pink makes really kitschy, amorphous music that ranges from dreary and goth to bright and poppy, almost always drawn from some weird noise and psychedelic influences as well. Uh, this song sounds like Zappa meets Devo. Uh, the music's very weird and unsettling, despite being like peppy and upbeat. And I think that parallels the theme of the song, which seems to be about you know all the gross, sugary, processed food that we eat, and like tying it to this dystopian view of modern suburban life. You know, WalMarts and strip malls and church steeples, and all wraps into this little metaphor about some super sweet things in life you know how they appeal to our primal brain but ultimately prove to be harmful or counterproductive to our physical or spiritual health like corn yeah corn. <laughs> it's like weird that corn gets like a, it feels like a special like jello and, and corn. also corn yeah yeah and also corn but um this is just weird it's a weird song and mm-hmm. i really really like it and you know uh all the feelings of Jello are explored, like oh, Jello and ugh, Jello. Yeah, that's um, right. Where it comes from, the social place of Jello, the music even bounces like Jello. It's one of the few things we carry on our floor at the hospital for patients, like at night to eat. And they always ask for sandwiches, but we don't have them because we're in ICU and most right. people can't eat in the. Yeah, it's ICU. Like, so you can have a little bit of Jello. You can have some Jello, or like uh, even though it's a cardiac floor, we have a lot of canned soups. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of sodium in canned soups. Yes, there's a lot Not of sodium. Not good for the heart. Right, or there's a lot of potassium to make it low sodium. Mm. So also a lot of potassium's not good either. But I guess um, in those desperate moments when I've forgotten my lunch uh, or it's too far to go to the break yeah, room. Yeah, it's, it's nice to have around, us. Me suppose. and my strawberry jello are like this. But it's not even like real jello. It's uh, some sort of knockoff jello. Off brand, yeah. <laughs> of course, I, I don't know if there's any, like, full, true brand of anything in the hospital. Or or fresh. Like, a graham cracker in the hospital is the most stale thing in the world. Yeah. I mean, if you ever go to the hospital and ask for a graham cracker, they'll, they'll give it to you. And you will be absolutely shocked at how gross it is. Yeah, the HMOs ain't paying for that. <laughs> Do they even have HMOs anymore? I, I, let's hope not. I don't even know how that works anymore. Um. I'm going to wish myself some luck on pronouncing this. Uh, this week I brought Mirthcon's Banana. This song is Would you have ever guessed I would have brought something so noodly? Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to say Avant Prague over and over yeah. again. Like Avant Prague because that's what it was. I don't know where it said Avant Prague. Probably in the YouTube comments. But like. 
That's definitely a great descriptor for this. Yeah, this somehow merges like Cookie Monster vocals at point, which this clip doesn't have. But there's like Cookie Monster vocals in this. There's whimsy. Um, there's flutes and like bell tone, like harmonics. Yeah, the harmonics. Yeah, the harmonics. And there's just so much weirdness in one song. And it's like, don't forget to bring your banana. Gotta have them. And like, you watch your feet because, you know, bananas. <laughs> and I just. I fell down a weird random wormhole and I was looking for a song about food and I found this band and I couldn't find anything like there was a song I can't remember what it's called like dinner party or something and it didn't have any lyrics whatsoever that indicated it was about food right yeah and then I just was like liked that song and I was like oh I wonder what else they got and they had this song called banana and it's totally different it's perfect yeah it's so weird um at one point (laughs) They are like towards the end, it says run for your life at like the very end. And it's, it just makes the song so much better. Like you have to run from, from, uh, run for your life from bananas. Yeah. So first of all, I want to congratulate <laughs> you because this is probably my favorite thing that you've ever brought to the show. Not no, definitely not <laughs> night nurse. No, this is amazing. And it's like so hyper and ADD, but like each little stylistic shift is very focused and intentional. It's not so much like blending a bunch of styles, uh, into a singular sound, but more so like the ability to shift between a lot of different sounds and styles, like so erratically and still produce something that's still cohesive and relatively linear. There's like lots of weird instrumentation and experimentation. That's way up my alley. Definitely going to dig into this band again later. I, I wish I understood how they came up with this. Yeah, I don't I don't know much about Minions, those little yellow dudes, but they like bananas, right? So I imagine that this band is just like a bunch of nerdy <laughs> math rock Minions, yep. and they're writing the song about banana. It's banana, ban- banana, but they say it so many different ways. Banana. Yeah. It's so, it just is joyful like a banana should be. It's just fun to say it like them, you know? Yeah. I banana. <laughs> I'm not even like especially a fan of bananas, but this makes me want to eat bananas more. So I guess that's like the mark of a good food song. Yeah, you hear about it and you're like, I kind of want that. Yeah, it's like maybe I should have really rethought that. Now, even though we posted this like so late in the week, Mm -hmm. I don't even know how we did that. Um, Everybody's really came through. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and uh, as I'm always ever so shocked with the amount of like things that we can get sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, This week, we're going to be starting off with Lauren, who brought the Detroit Cobra's hot dog, Watch Me Eat. You bring the drinks, and I got the buns. Come on, baby. Are you ready for a little fun? I got enough of more than just one mind. I got a hot dog in each hand, and that's a hot I just really wanted to make sure a hot dog song got in here. Right, of course. So, um, 
I, I really do like hot dogs in the true, like, an ironic sense, not in, like, at what I think is possibly, like, a lewd way. Sure. That I believe she might be referring to hot dogs, but um, I just love <laughs> hot dogs. I love the enthusiasm of this song, and, like, there's hand claps. Right. Uh, I, I just feel like it really represents the, the Oscar Mayer meat snacks. Yeah, mu- musically, this one's pretty straightforward rock and roll, but the vocals have a lot of that punk rock, garage rock swagger, which kind of keeps it fresh and engaging. Uh, apparently, this band is known for doing garagey covers of R&B songs from the 60s, and this song happens to be the only original they ever released. <laughs> uh, it's super fun. It's about Amy's favorite food. This probably could have been an Oops All Hot Dogs episode if we yes. really wanted it to it, be. It really could have been, because there's so many like references to hot dogs as... As the other type of wiener. Did you ever have to watch uh, that Mickey Mouse show? It's hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. Oh, God. That's they might be giants. I was like, that was a flashback. I believe I did have to watch it because that's a relatively new show. It's been around, yeah, like in the last 10 years or uh, something. Last 10 years, and I only know about it because Ella did watch it at like her first day. Right, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it just perfectly melds that dancey feel of like the 60s R&B with the grittier, more reckless attitude of like modern garage rock. Definitely adding this to a few of my playlists. Is there a hot dog playlist? I mean, do you have a hot dog playlist? I wonder if you do. I really should. Yeah, let's start you a hot dog playlist. (laughs) Because uh, I have like what, a hot dog purse. Mm -hmm. I got two hot dog uh, costumes. Mm -hmm. I I like to say that one's my formal one and one is my casual one. (laughs) This is my soiree hot dog uh, dress. It's the one with relish. It's my soiree. Right, yeah. Um, And then, uh, yeah, like I've got the hot dog tattoo, of course. Right, yeah. Because, and apparently... I'm not the only person in the Ear Buddies who... Has a hot dog tattooed on or them? Or has a food tattooed oh. on them. Somebody has a cheeseburger. Oh, really? it's Lauren or it's... um, It might be Lauren. I'm not sure. Yeah. I got a double check. I bet Lum probably has a food tattoo. I know I know he used to have some uh, some flan or something. No, he had the, the stapler in the Jello mold from the office. That's what <laughs> well, he used why to have. Well, why would he used to? Uh, I happened? believe he ended up getting that covered up. It was one of his first tattoos. He ended up getting it covered up with something a little cooler, if what? I recall. What's cooler than a stapler Jello? Lum, give an email in. Tell us <laughs> I what, need to know what, what tattoo covered, covered up the, the flan. Your Maybe it's world's biggest dog. flan or whatever it said. It's a hot dog. I know it is. Um, so, of course, moving on, Metal Johnny brings us Mr. Bungles, squeeze me macaroni. Johnny says, uh, best food lyrics ever. Um, this this reminds me of Primus, and I think it's probably because of the bass. Sure. Uh, 
every single time I think of someone's butt being covered with mayonnaise, I crack up a little because <laughs> it feels weird. Um, this is a, a food orgy, I'm pretty yes. sure, and I'm very disoriented, but I think that's the goal. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. It It's weird. It's very weird. It's definitely that. Like yes. uh, like pretty much all Mr. Bumble, there's like so much going on that you don't even know where to start and breaking it down. You know, lyrically, lots of food metaphors intermingled with sex metaphors, but they fly past you so quickly you can't really glom onto any single line other than the knick-knack paddywhack <laughs> part. And musically, it's like if you fused funk with metal and then just like filtered out most of the metal <laughs> again and just left this relentless chaotic funk jam, basically like what Red Hot Chili Peppers wish they could have been, you know. Uh, the, ba- the bass is especially insane in this one. The drums are showing off a little as well. And of course, Mike Patton's vocal delivery, deceptively difficult and like very theatrical in a way that only Mike Patton can deliver, so... Mike Patton's like the oddly cute guy, right? Yeah, he's a real handsome gentleman. He's done the Italian pop music thing, and he was oh. in a band called Faith No More. See, and, that's uh, like... tons of other crazy projects. Very I prolific. S- I swear somebody put like a Mike Patton appreciation post right after we discussed who Mike Patton was. Yeah, yeah. And then like they all... Everybody was just fawning over who how cute he was. And I'm pretty sure you said some lewd things about how hot he was. Uh, yeah, he's a very handsome gentleman. <laughs> so, but... He is, like for long hair and all that stuff. Yeah, and, and he, he's he's got shorter hair now, but yeah, he, he had the long hair back in the Faith No More days. And, sort uh, of like you where you've gone short again. Right, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Maybe, maybe we can do a Mike Patton episode, kind of like we did an Albini episode. I think we'd have enough. I think there's he's been in enough bands, especially because every single time I turn around, you're saying, oh, this is Mike Patton. Yeah, yeah, so, sure. Yeah, but um, <laughs> moving, moving right along uh, with our smorgasbord. John S. brings us Galaxy 500's Strange. says but wait you say that song isn't food themed au contraire mon frere as in the chorus dean warham sings and i quote i stood in line (laughs) and ate my twinkies and the first time i heard that i got so damn mad i almost threw my phone fucking twinkies really with a little digging though i found out the song might actually be about a time where ham took acid and went to a 7-eleven in boston Looking at people wondering why they're strange and eating Twinkies while tripping balls sounds like something I'd do too. So I can't be mad at the banality of the junk food themed course. <laughs> uh, it's Coke and Twinkies. It's the dinner of champions. Yes, yeah, certainly. Yep. 
and of diabetes. Uh, this is oddly inspiring, even though it is like super weird not to look up the lyrics to follow because I couldn't understand what was being, what was being said because mm-hmm. I was enjoying it too much. Um, I feel like this may be what stoners want to eat when the stonery feelings hit. That's sure. what I thought. Instead of like him taking acid and thinking that people were strange, I thought he was just like high. Get stoned, eat Twinkies. Yeah, because right. like Coke and Twinkies sounds, I don't know. Never been stoned, so right, yeah, it's sad. So yeah, Galaxy Five Hundred were a super seminal band in like the shoegazy dream pop slowcore realm. That's why the vocals are really dreamy and hazy. Uh, lots of slow and dreary songs, but kind of stippled with fuzz and intensity that kicks in and grabs your attention once they've lulled you to sleep. Uh, the chorus about Coke and Twinkies helped the song qualify this week. But in my opinion, the real star of the show is the outro. It's got a bunch of na 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 nas. It's just a blissful joy ride of a song. But I don't know, Coke and Twinkies. It's much like RC Cola and Moon Pies in the South. Right, yeah. My my dad worked in a factory for like 30 years or something. And he, every day for lunch, he would just eat uh, Reese cups and a Coke, and that was his lunch. That's... It's terrible for you. That's awful for you. It's but really bad for that, you. It fueled it, him through the second half of his day so he could get home and raise a fine, fine young man like myself. <laughs> well, there's... How many brothers are there? I've got two brothers, yeah. You have no sisters? No sisters. What? So... I think you could have been a like a really good older brother for a sister. I'm I'm the I'm the baby I'm the baby boy and I like it that oh, way. Oh, you would have kicked her out. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Craig brings our next one. Perry Grips Yum Yum Breakfast Burrito. Breakfast burrito. Holy shit, this guy is also the singer for Nerf Herder. Makes so much sense. If I could remember what Nerf Herder <laughs> sounds like, which I know I've listened to the music before. Yeah, I... pop punky. Is it this adorable? Uh, I mean, they're a very adorable band. They're... This is so cute. I wasn't expecting, like, in the beginning, it's very choral, yet definitely speed influenced. It yeah, sure. Like. It, it got me at fills my tummy with hugs. Uh, I'm really hungry now, and I needed foods, like, seriously trying to put together everything <laughs> while it, w- it wasn't dinner time yet and right. i hadn't eaten lunch and um i just it was it was a desperate moment for me and i did get a big mac because of this Oof. uh no meat big mac with no meat you should try it it tastes just as good but it's like 300 calories less interesting yeah um well either way it, 
I wanted the foods, and then I also wanted party drugs, whatever those are. And um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure because, like, I'm surprised that nobody pointed out that there's a Bieber song called "Yummy Yummy." Oh, really? That just—it's horrible. It's awful. But okay. um, I wonder if he stole this idea when making "Yummy Yummy" because it says "Yum Yum." Yum also, yum, yum, yum 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 yum. But this is so much better than that. Anything song. Justin Bieber ever did? Oh yeah. I mean, he's got some good pop tunes, but certainly not. This. Yeah, it ain't that good. It's not yum yum breakfast yeah. burrito. So yeah, Craig has submitted this song a handful of times. I'm glad we were finally able to fit it in. Uh, this one's super silly and childlike, but goddamn, it's just so <laughs> catchy. And I can't help but like buy into it with the synthy pitch shifted vocals and like just bouncy sunshiny vibes. I love the yum 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 yums <laughs> in the bridge parts, just you know, sort of act as something similar to some na na na's. You know, no lyrical content, but you're still using the vocals as an instrument to like tie the atmosphere of the song together. Uh, I'm not sure that I agree that breakfast burritos are better than regular burritos, but I do kind of like the idea of nighttime breakfast burritos. So, um, I work night shift. Mm-hmm. There's only like one or two bars that are open at 8 Mm -hmm. a.m. One of them is Bar Dog. Right, yeah. I highly, highly suggest getting their breakfast burrito. Okay, I've I've heard a lot of good things about the food at Bar Dog, so I'll have to check this out. I'm I'm not generally a fan of eggs, but that breakfast burrito is a yum-yum breakfast burrito. I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's huge, of course. It's huge, huge, but it's so super delicious. Now, Jeremy brings... Camper Von Beethoven's Ice Cream Every Day. some sort of weird funky timing or I don't know uh, counting something my strong point um, I'm not quite sure what it is about it's like maybe the lyrics aren't hitting just like where I, I yeah know. I think that's what it is I think it's in a straightforward beat but that synth is happening on like weird timings and then yeah it feels like kind of like super weird but either yeah. way I like it even though I, I mean I guess does he have ice cream every single day uh, that seems to be what he's saying he's just saying that every day is like kind of the same but ice cream is involved and I didn't I don't know it's 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 really good <laughs> I, I I don't know you can get lost in it but there's definitely like some weird thing going on so I really like it yeah, for some reason, I always get Camper Van Beethoven mixed up with Captain Beefheart. I guess because, like, the weird <laughs> the names. The C and the B. Yeah, you got the C, Camper versus Captain, and the B, like Beethoven, Beefheart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're totally different, you know, totally different time periods and make totally different music. One was from, like, what, the 1600s? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> um, either way, Camper Van Beethoven is definitely a unique band among their peers, kind of ahead of their time with a sound that's like really rem- reminiscent of a lot of the indie and alternative stuff that emerged in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, as we were listening to it just now, it kind of reminded me of a lot of Ariel Pink stuff. I think he's probably uh, influenced by some Camper Van Beethoven. There's like lots of use of auxiliary camper instruments. Camper Van Beethoven? It's Wait. Camper Camper Van. I know. See, I'm like already confused. See, whenever, I whenever like, I first Captain. discovered the band, I thought it was... Captain Beethoven? I, well, you you would you would think Camper Von Beethoven, like Von Beethoven as a last name, but it's right. Camper Van Beethoven. I'm not That's so confusing. So I'm not Beethoven. I'm just a Camper Van Beethoven. I'm a Beethoven that lives in a Camper Van. Oh, okay. Camper Van. Okay. <laughs> so Camper Van Beethoven. Uh, yeah, just like lots of auxiliary instrumentation, synths and strings that like help build a lot of the mood and atmosphere. I'm not really sure what the song is supposed to be about. Maybe about like the mindless routine and just doing the same stuff every day. I do know I'm honestly totally on board for the idea of ice cream every day. That's fine. There's no ice cream in my house. Yeah. Can't help yourself. Yeah. Well, okay. So you know that it's a Girl Scout cookie season, right? Oh, I did not know that. Oh, oh, uh, I got the sign up, sign up sheet. Oh, snap. But I've already decided that, you know, now that I am employed, I will be getting for the very first time in my life, sweet, sweet adulthood. A case of Thin Mints just for myself. Yes, do I've already it. cleared out a shelf yeah. in my freezer just for Just them. getting prepared. Yes, and then Dakota can get like some Samoas, and then Ella can get some Tagalongs, and then I'll have my case of uh, Thin Mints that I will guard probably with a knife because Good plan. I'm a crazy person. But um, yes, I'm super excited for Girl Scouts. <laughs> it's really, Girl Scout cookies make me so happy. Um, Lum is our final ear buddy and he brings Youth of Today's No More. So Lum says, how about a song about not eating food? No More by Youth of Today was a clarion call, bringing the idea of vegetarianism and animal rights to the hardcore scene in 1988. This would cause a huge wave within that subculture, which has continued to grow. I would argue that this song and its impact on the hardcore scene would directly lead to veganism going mainstream in the early 2000s. Is that something we'd be excited about? I mean, for me, certainly. Yeah. Are you vegan? I'm not vegan, but I'm vegetarian. I'm trying to trying to lower my my impact. Yeah, I I mean, in the way this can kind of like translate now into because they're like you know being selfish no more, right? Or like thinking of myself no more. That even like goes into like the climate and stuff like that, which has Certainly. a lot to do with our food production. A good deal of it because I believe like one of the largest producers of greenhouse gases is not cars; it's farming it's animals, cow, cow butts. Yeah, cow butts and like uh pig pig 
butts and yeah. all the you know, the all that stuff which is not necessarily great for the environment which you know if we had a reasonable amount of critters on the planet that weren't being raised like cat well, this is my, my argument this uh, animals aren't supposed to be raised like cabbages in the same yeah uh they shouldn't be treated like cabbages and they shouldn't be produced in the same numbers yeah agreed we're, we're not factory even- farming is abhorrent <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm not going to get on my soapbox on the podcast but if you want to know <laughs> how i feel we'll get into that later right well, at, we'll, we'll get my twitter handle later you can at me <laughs> well um i read eating animals when i was uh i think in my early 20s or whenever mm-hmm. the book came out and i stopped eating animals a lot uh back then and yeah, I, I just, there's a lot of social commentary about food that I can go on and on about, even though I'm not vegan or even like not even vegetarian primarily, even though I do try to be respectful and whenever I'm choosing animals that mm-hmm. I'm going to be eating and recognizing that an animal did indeed die for me eating. And there's some specifics about iron consumption and bioavailability that I can like go on and on about. Get you some, get you some legumes, get you some leafy greens. But you see that is not from heme iron, which is absorbed differently than plant Interesting. iron. So there's a whole bioavailability thing. And me being a woman, I actually require more iron than True. men do. Yeah, so. Certainly. Because I'm constantly releasing iron into the world so either way it reminds me a lot of the hardcore stuff i listened to as a wee high schooler and like yeah when uh you're 17 is way easier to be straight edge than when you are drinking age uh i did go for about six years being primarily vegetarian and i would eat like meat three or four times a year just Mm -hmm. because i find that one like grass-fed cow that got hugs every day right that was my requirement was like i wanted a cow that had a name and got hugs um but yeah, I, I think that's always important to kind of find out where your food's from and then also Absolutely. push push towards alternative eating plants. Yeah, exactly. Anything you can do to to make it a little bit better on, on the world and a little bit better on sentient beings. Like even if you're gonna continue to eat meat, like at least look into it and I mean like meatless Mondays is a good way to Sure, yeah, yeah. Stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So yeah, I guess because it's like heavy and aggressive music, uh, it's often surprising to people outside of the hardcore scene that tons of hardcore bands are all about being straight edge and vegan. And as Lum has told us before, there's even a significant subset of hardcore fans that went really deep into the Hare Krishna movement. Which, which explains why every single time there's like the Memphis in May, there's a ton of Hare, Hare yeah. Krishnas. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Hare Krishnas, they, they advocate for a pretty ascetic lifestyle in a lot of ways, including vegetarianism, abstinence from mind altering substances. So, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, you know, I won't get onto my animal rights vegetarian soapbox because I'm I'm not perfect. You know, I still occasionally eat shrimp and fish. So, like, technically, I'm a pescatarian, but I've phased all other forms of animal flesh out of my diet. No beef, no chicken, no pork. You know, I try to advocate for a vegetarian diet as much as I can, just because factory farming is just uh, an unconscionable moral nightmare. <laughs> yes. And so, I just want to reduce my contribution to that as much as possible. And I actually love that that dualism of like hardcore dudes singing about vegetarian and vegan diets because vegetarianism is often seen as like a very soft hippie way to live and having these hardcore dudes taking it seriously and using their music to spread the message. It's kind of cool to me, you know? Yeah, and like it's easy for people to think that like I'm a vegetarian because I do come across as kind of a hippie. Right, yeah. Like, you know, not many people are like wandering around uh, weaving and knitting for fun, but I come across <laughs> But that... Weaving and knitting are not very vegetarian or vegan. They're not vegan. Right, yeah. Because of wool. But then I could go and argue about how. Yeah, there's there's a, a lot of 
argument to be made about wool because apparently if you don't shear sheep it will kill them it, it runs into a bunch of problems it, it crushes their bones because we have coexisted with them so long right, that yeah. they actually require us to yeah. shear them so i would just suggest uh as with factory farming maybe less animals and take care of the stuff we have right exactly so, or maybe have yourself like a pet sheep which i can't have because my backyard's too small <laughs> makes me sad but if you want to tweet at us about our controversial views yeah i'm at pow i gotcha and i'm at madam Woolite, and the show is at andu pod the facebook group where most of the show gets made is earbuds and earworms podcast group and the voicemail line is 731-400-buds or 731-400-2837 you can email the show andupod at gmail.com and you can check out the website which i'm still getting used to like <laughs> putting together andupod.com for the 10710 network home to shows like the show has everything uh the beverage minute oh goodness <laughs> nerd out loud yeah. uh try to podcast oh wow and us and us yeah. so there's five and all is that right yeah i guess gotcha it's, yeah it's amazing what's our final song i'm gonna leave us with the aquabats and their song pizza day uh, i can't believe we've never had an aquabat song on the podcast so i'm gonna fix that today with one of my all-time favorites from them uh, it's a fun little sky ditty about the food from public school cafeterias and waiting all week until Friday because Friday was pizza day, which was, of course, the best day of the week. I don't know. It's just a, it's just a really fun and quirky song. It makes me oddly nostalgic for lunchtime at public school. So hopefully we can elicit those same warm fuzzies for you with the Aquabats pizza day.
about where it all went wrong Why I can't concentrate on anything but reruns I wish I had some more stability And I, I wish I had somebody making lunch for me I guess I missed the simple things in life The thought of pizza day I thought it's to prevent But I wish it had me now I miss my Monday hot dog Tuesday taco Wednesday and the girls and chocolate milk Thursday sloppy joes A burrito in a bag Friday lunch pizza day The best day of the Michael Jackson of Encino, California. When he's not at his little theme park, he's eating pizza with the kids. Oh boy, Moonwalker's back. Have a slice, buddy. Take off your glove first. You'll enjoy it more. Whoa, Empa Tiger. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, this one didn't hold together very well. Eh, the whole thing. One thing just fell apart. I want you to know that I can accept zero criticism right now. Oh no, this one already set. I can't do it anymore. <laughs>